Welcome to the Real Life English Podcast, where we help dedicated English learners just like you cultivate the courage, the confidence, and the skills that you need to understand real life native English, to communicate clearly with people from all around the world, and to make your life an epic global adventure. Now, are you ready to go beyond the classroom and start living your English? Can I get an aw, yeah? Learning pronunciation can be daunting. The English language has so many unique sounds that learning all of them can be overwhelming. However, there is one particular sound that can dramatically change the way that you speak and understand English. This teeny tiny sound can bring huge positive changes to your English. Yeah, boys and girls, citizens of the world, this is Ethan from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts is a fun, natural, convenient, and modern way to learn English. So download this podcast and listen to it while you're stuck in traffic, riding the bus, uh, whipping up something in the kitchen, or even getting ready for the weekend. I'm joined here in the Cross Atlantic studio once again by Thiago Axel Rose. How's it going, Thiago? Hey everyone. Hey Ethan. I'm doing well. Thank you very much for inviting me back. Good to be here. Once again, if you look up Thiago Axel Rose on on social medias, you're not going to actually find Thiago. It's just uh, that he's a really tremendous singer, and so he's gotten the nickname around the virtual office that his uh, that he's Axel. Yeah, yeah. That's a cool nickname to have. I must admit. It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's much better than much better than some nicknames you could have, right? Yeah, yeah. For sure. For sure. So. We hinted at this, and and maybe people already know by the title, but what is this mysterious magical sound that we're going to be talking about today? So this mysterious sound is actually called the schwa. Yeah, the schwa sound. And even though it is a tiny, small sound, it has tremendous potential to improve your pronunciation tenfold. And you will see what we mean by this. Right. I've noticed that this tends to be something that a lot of my students in the past have struggled with. And not using it definitely is something that can make you sound more unnatural when you speak. And it can also really cause you to struggle more in understanding. Uh, for example, if you're watching a series without subtitles, someone who knows the schwa might catch a lot of things that someone who doesn't uh, might miss. But before we get into any of that, we have, as always, a shout out to a very special listener and app user. All right, so the shout out today comes from Lucy Hard, and he says, it is much more than it seems. This app helps you to practice English and learn a lot of culture from many countries because its users are from all over the world. It really goes beyond borders. Thank God for this. My life's completely changed. Now I feel confident and comfortable to talk to anyone in the world. I can easily say that everyone learning English should try this app. Oh, that's amazing. Now, would it be Luzihard or Luziadji? He's Brazilian, right? Yeah, it looks like it. I would say Luzihardji, you know? Luzihardji. Yeah, Luzihard, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's one of, the, one of the, uh, the big discrepancies. If there's anyone like learning Portuguese or Portuguese speakers with the R sound, right? Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> Unless you come from uh, the countryside of Sao Paulo, we would go R, yeah, like Porta. Yeah, yeah so Luzihard, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always fun to kind of like discover things like that about different languages. And since we're talking about pronunciation today, it goes really hand in hand. But 
thanks again, uh, Lucy Hard or Lucy Hardy or, or however uh, you prefer pronouncing your name, for taking the time to leave us that incredible five-star review and for using the app. It's so great to hear that you are discovering new cultures and getting to use your English out in the real world. Go beyond borders. So if you want us to shout you out, you can give the app a go as well. Or if you're already on there, then remember to leave us a five-star review on your favorite app store so that we can find you and shout you out as well. And that said, we have a special new section we're going to try before we jump into talking about the schwa sound called Would You Rather? All right, so before we get into this activity, Thiago, I couldn't ignore the opportunity to talk about the connected speech with the name of this section. So maybe in some people's minds, it's hard for them to actually imagine, you know, how this would be written, Would You Rather? But as soon as you like were to see it, you'd be like, oh, of course, right? Because there's some connected speech happening there that if you don't recognize it, can definitely make it a lot harder to understand. True, yeah. Uh, what we got here is would and you, right? So right. usually when you have that, yeah, the final D and you right after, yeah, we go J, right? The sound, so would you, it's a Jew, right? Would you? And if you wanna go, if you wanna take it one step further, you could even uh, reduce the U to a Y, right? And then you could say, would you? Would you rather? Right. Yeah. Which is a perfect example of what we'll be talking about today with the schwa sound already sneaking in there. So that's mm -hmm. something to, to practice, but you'll find it all the time because, you know, anytime someone asks, would you, would you like to grab a bite to eat? Would you like to listen to this podcast? Mm -hmm. uh, natives oftentimes will reduce that to, you know, would you or would you, as we said. So that's a great little trick there that you can start paying attention to when you're listening or watching something. Maybe even you'll hear it again in this conversation. But I'll let you do the honors, Thiago, to share the would you rather that we have. Sure. So starting with you, Ethan, tell me, would you rather have telekinesis, which is the ability to move things with your mind, or telepathy, which is the ability to read minds? It's a really great question, and it's one that could trip up even native speakers. I think confuse these two words, telekinesis and telepathy, because they they have like that same uh, prefix, right? Mm -hmm. And for me, I definitely would have to choose telekinesis because <laughs> I think it might be influenced by from when I was little watching the movie Matilda, and she has telekinetic right. powers. Uh, so it's kind of interesting too how it changes to an adjective telekinesis and it's telekinetic. And yeah, she can she can move things with her mind and everything. And I remember seeing that one as a kid and just thinking that was like, I wish I had telekinesis. <laughs> <laughs> and telepathy, I feel like, might just get you into a lot of trouble, you know, by like hearing the things people are thinking about you or or just like eavesdropping people's conversations inside of their head. Yeah, it's true. Uh, have you seen that movie with Mel Gibson and Alan Hunt, What Women Want? Yeah, I have. That's what it made me think about as well. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much that, right? I mean, um, the the guy, uh, the main character, goes through a, a weird accident, and then he wakes up the next morning being able to hear what women around him are thinking. So, uh, yeah, it's very funny to see that. Because, you know, uh, he thinks that he's such a cool guy, you know? <laughs> but then, you know, when he has that ability and he starts actually hearing what women around him are thinking about him, right? He goes, hey, uh, I'm not as cool as I thought I was. It's really, really, <laughs> it's a cool movie. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, those are both great movies for people to check out to uh, learn more about telekinesis and telepathy, uh, which we can link in the show notes from today's episode, which you'll find linked in the description. How about you, Chiago? Would you rather 
have telekinesis or uh, telepathy? Yeah, I agree with you. I would go with uh, telekinesis. You know, the idea of reading people's minds can be dangerous. Um, I guess I would hear things that maybe I wouldn't want to hear, right? Uh, on the other hand, uh, telekinesis is interesting because, you know, if you are feeling lazy on a given day, maybe you are sitting down on the couch and, uh, you know, you could just move things around with your mind. Yeah, you could turn on the TV with your mind. You could, I don't know, order a pizza with your mind. Yeah. So yeah, I would go for that one. <laughs> never have to, never have to get up from the sofa, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and the the telepathy, maybe, you know, in the not so distant future, that'll actually be possible with like things like Neuralink coming up where we'll be able to actually have artificial intelligence or something like this, have a, you know, a chip implanted in our brain so that we'll be able to increase our intelligence and communicate without speaking with other people who also have this. So, you know, science fiction, but maybe not so much. Anyways, that's probably outside the scope of today's lesson. So, <laughs> but if you guys are interested, we could definitely do like a future lesson, maybe talking more about things coming up in the future. But without any further ado, let's get into today's topic all about one sound that can completely change your English learning in your life. All right. So, Thiago, what is the schwa sound? Yeah. So, to put it very simply, uh, the schwa sound is an unstressed vowel sound. Yeah, so first of all, it is a sound that happens in vowels and it's unstressed. Uh, what does it mean, unstressed? Uh, for every word in English that you have, there will be one stressed syllable, at least one of them, you know? And this is the strongest syllable, yeah? The, the one that we emphasize the most when we pronounce the word. Uh, so the idea is every vowel in the word that is not emphasized or stressed, will very likely have this sound, the schwa sound, which is the uh sound. Right. And the way I like to always explain it to my students is, is you just think of like the American stereotype, we're very lazy, and this is a very <laughs> lazy sound. You like barely have to open your mouth, and it's just like a quick exhalation, right? It's just like uh, uh, uh. uh so uh, yeah. uh -huh. just think about that. Just be, you know, tap into your inner American, you're lazy, you're, you're wishing for telekinesis, uh, that, that kind of culture. Your inner Homer Simpson, yeah? Exactly, your inner Homer Simpson. That's a perfect example. <laughs> and, you know, I'm sure any of you listening can emphasize a little bit of when you're really tired or maybe you went out the night before and you're not feeling so great and stuff and it's just, it can be hard even to speak. And so you'll probably really close your mouth, you know, you're, you're barely enunciating anything. It's very much like that. And, and this is one of the reasons why um, this is the most frequent sound in English. I think in pretty much every accent of English, it's the most common sound. And so uh, the reason why it's so important that you really get this down is because that unstressed sound, that like really lazy sound, is you're going to be hearing it all the time. And if you're not used to it, if you're not, if you don't train your ears to be able to hear that, then that can be causing a lot of your misunderstandings because you're not you're not uh, fully recognizing that. So when someone says a word, maybe you're only catching that stressed syllable, but you're not being able to figure out, you know, what the what the other vowels in that word are. 
Yeah, that's very true. Um, since it's the most frequent sound in English, um, it is extremely beneficial for learners to uh, learn about this sound. Yeah. Uh, another reason why it is important, besides being frequent, is that it helps to better understand natives. Uh, just like Ethan said, right? Uh, it is a very common sound. It's it's a relaxed sound. So um, if you are able to recognize the schwa sound every time it occurs in the language, that will inevitably improve your listening skills. You will understand better, right? Most definitely. And if you're so inclined, you don't necessarily have to speak this way, although in many words it is important because it's it's uh, it will help you to be better understood by others. But mastering it, really mastering it, can help you to sound more native-like in your speaking. Yeah, absolutely. And it, just linking back to what you said before, Ethan, uh, about this sound the uh sound, right? Being a relaxed sound or lazy sound, uh, it is a natural sound. It's the sound we naturally make when we are, I don't know, uh, relaxed or even tired or a little bit lazy, right? But uh, since it's a natural sound that natives make all the time, it makes sense for us to try to, you know, uh, also produce or reproduce that sound in our speech um, as non-native speakers. Because uh, I think the purpose is, as a non-native speaker of English, you want to sound as natural as you can, right? So the schwa sound can definitely help you sound more natural, more relaxed. Like, you know, you're not struggling so much to, to speak, you know, or to have words coming out of your mouth. So, yeah, I mean, uh, that sound can dramatically uh, improve one's pronunciation, Yeah. Yeah. And it can help you to speak faster as well. If that's a goal of yours that, you know, if you feel like you're just taking a really long time to say things by mm -hmm. mastering that schwa sound, because it's, it's one of the, it's a key element in connected speech. Connected speech is all about emphasizing some words and reducing other words. And in those reduced words, we, we change whatever the vowel sound is to a schwa sound most of the time. And so if you're not able to produce that schwa sound, then doing connected speech effectively if that's a goal of yours, is going to be impossible. Yeah, absolutely. One example sentence that comes to mind is, let's say, for example, uh, we have the sentence, I have to go to the beach, right? I have to go to the beach. If you apply connected speech elements there, we could reduce the to word to a t sound, which is the schwa, right? I have to, I have to, right? I have to go, yeah? So yeah, uh, since we teach a lot of connected speech in our videos, uh, this sound is crucial, yeah, if you want to speak with more uh, connected speech elements, let's say. Yeah, and even in the, the example you gave, there, there's have to, but then you also say go to the beach, which is, yeah. we don't tend to say fully announced, go to the beach, but we say go to the beach, reducing both the to to a ta again, and, uh, or actually a duh, since it's American T for me, and mm -hmm. uh, we don't say a full the either, we say the, so really... It's, it, it gives to like uh, English so much of its rhythm because it's like, I have to go to the beach. You kind of can almost <laughs> think of it like drumming or something, you know, that is kind of keeping that beat, having those schwa sounds coming in between the stressed syllables. And, uh, well, another reason why it's important uh, to learn about the schwa is that, you know, it takes away a lot of the guesswork when it comes to figuring out how to pronounce a word. And that, for learners, that can be very, uh, very useful, right? Uh, sometimes you'll see a word and uh, you're not sure how to pronounce uh, a certain letter, a certain vowel. Um, this idea of most unstressed vowels will sound uh is very useful already because, you know, even if you don't have a dictionary next to you to check, if you go by that principle that the unstressed vowel will sound uh, yeah, uh, that's going to 
and that would take a lot of the guesswork. Yeah, it's going to make your life easier when figuring out how to pronounce words. Right. And we'll give you a ton of examples today of how you can do that. But that's really great because English is also not a phonetic language. And a mistake a lot of learners make is they they want to, if you're coming from a phonetic language, like Spanish, for example, you want to pronounce every vowel that you see the same way you would pronounce it in Spanish with like one vowel sound. But in English, you can't, you can't trust, can't trust the vowels because like any vowel can turn into any sound almost. Uh, and so this is really helpful because if you know most of those vowels aren't going to sound like they sound in your language, they're just going to sound like, uh, then, you know, it's going to help you get a lot closer to the correct pronunciation. As Chiao said, taking out the guesswork and mm-hmm. that's actually a really great word that you used. What is guesswork? Yeah, it's uh, the work that you have to go through trying to figure something out, trying to discover something, trying to guess. I mean, uh, which way is the correct way? So instead of spending a lot of time doing that, you know, uh, the schwa sound can help you, you know, uh, avoid all this work or this guesswork that you have to go through. Right. Amazing. So you were kind of starting to hint at that uh, we'll have one stressed syllable in a word and that the oftentimes the rest of the vowels will become the schwa sound but how can people spot the the schwa sound if they they don't have experience doing this Thiago? yeah so um i boiled it down to three steps three basic steps so step one when you have a word in english you have to locate the stressed syllable you have to identify which syllable is more emphasized, right, or uh, stronger. For example, let's take the word construction, right? Construction. Uh, And it has a lot to do with listening, right? You really got to listen to the rhythm, right? Where does my voice raise in intonation? Look, construction, construction, right? So the stress syllable here is tr, right? Construction, construction, na-na-na, right? Na-na-na, yeah? So once you identify that, the stressed syllable, you're going to look at the other vowels of the words that are not stressed. That's step two. So step two is look at all the other vowels that are not stressed. In this word, construction, we have the O, right, at the beginning for C-O, that's a unstressed vowel. We also have the I-O at the end after T, for shun, right? So once you identify those vowels that are not uh, stressed, then you go to step three. And step three is simply pronouncing those vowels, uh, you know? So for example, instead of con, right? Construction, for example, yeah? That's how a typical Brazilian, for example, would say it. Um, You go k, you know? It's cuns, cuns, right? The sound of O is uh, so construction, shun. So notice that even at the end, even though I have I-O, I have two vowels, I only make one vowel sound, which is uh. It's a sh, sh, shun, shun. Construction, construction, construction. Right, Ethan? Perfect. Couldn't have said it better myself. And I like what you did too at the beginning because... Uh, when you're identifying that stressed syllable. I know for me, that's never come naturally because this is something in most languages you have to deal with stressing a syllable. And a lot of times they will, even if you have cognates, which happens very, there's a lot of Latin roots in English. So like if you're going from English to Spanish or vice versa, sometimes you'll have a word that's almost the same, but actually the the stressed syllable will be different in the two languages. So that's like a mistake that can be very common to make. 
And for me, like I don't have a natural ear for that and stuff. It's something I've, I've had to work really hard at in, in language learning. So any of you dear listeners, it can really help to do what Tiago did, like actually thinking about it a little bit like music. So saying like, mm, 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 even without any, any of the sounds of the word, just kind of humming it mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Uh, picking up that beat as if you were kind of going back to the, the drum metaphor as if you were like drumming it out. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's like music yeah? and it's very rhythmic. Yeah, so either going with your voice, right? The na, 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 right? Or you, you could clap your hands, right? Or tap your fingers, uh, whatever helps you to identify that. And, you know, we have to say also, Ethan, that, you know, at the end of the day, we always have a dictionary, right? So if you really, you know, if... If mm-hmm. you're really not sure where the stress syllable is, you, you can always check a dictionary and the dictionary will give you the stress syllable for that word. You know, it's usually that um, that apostrophe symbol, you know. Mm-hmm. So look at the apostrophe symbol and the, the syllable that comes after that will be the stress syllable, you know. That's a really handy tip. Yeah. Uh, something else that uh, Google's done nowadays that that is pretty useful for uh, pronunciation is... I think you you just type into Google like the word like so construction and pronunciation, and it, it'll bring up like the American and British pronunciation, and it it does it uh, phonetically. So it's not using the IPA, which I know a lot of you listening probably haven't learned the the IPA, which is International Phonetic Alphabet. So this is really useful because you'll just see it written, uh, you know, with the normal alphabet and stuff, and you can imitate it, you can listen to it, and everything, uh, which that a lot of times I'll, I'll even use if I'm trying to check, you know, like how would a British person <laughs> pronounce this word, which sometimes I need to know for a lesson. Yeah, that reminds me of uh, the conversation we had last week, yeah, in last week's episode about the resources, right? We have so many resources available mm. online nowadays, yeah? Like, you know, the Google resource that you just mentioned, yeah? uh, checking out the pronunciation of the word. Yeah, I mean, uh, our lives are much easier now to learn languages, for sure. Right. Have you ever heard of Forvo? No. Ever uh, used that? Uh, say that again. Is it Forvo? Forvo. F-O-R-V-O. Forvo. Uh, no, not really. What is it? It's a, That's a really cool. Another tool you guys can check out that we can link in the show notes. But uh, it's basically like a user-generated pronunciation dictionary, something like this, that you can type mm. in any word and it'll show you like you just random people from around the world. Uh, it, it like has audio files of them saying this word and it shows like on a map. So um, you know, you could look up, for example, that word construction. And if you're curious, there might be more interesting words actually that there would be more different between languages, but I've got that mm-hmm. one right here and you could see, okay, how would an American, it's like an American from California, how would they pronounce this? How would an American from New York pronounce this? How would a British mm-hmm. person say this? How would a Scottish person say this? How would a South African person say this? Uh, and it, it's really kind of fascinating to, uh, when I was like learning languages more, more seriously, I used to really love doing this to, you know, hear how different words would be pronounced by different accents of that language. And it can be really great just for, uh, you know, not getting kind of a more robotic, artificial intelligence sort of voice, but getting an authentic actual person who's recorded this. Mm-hmm. That sounds cool. Uh, so is it forvo.com? Yeah, I believe so. I could double check nice. that. I believe I have it saved yeah. as a bookmark. Cool, cool. Uh, it just reminds me of another website that is really useful, uh, which is Youglish, right? Uh, I don't mm. remember the the extension. I think it's youglish.com, yeah? Uh, and it's similar in, in the way that, you know, uh, it works with YouTube, right? So whatever word or sentence even that you type in, um, the website is going to compile a bunch of YouTube videos, 
mm. that have that word or that phrase, you know. So uh, it's also a really cool way for you to see how a word or a phrase is spoken, let's say, in the real world by real people. Uh, however, I think that you are a little bit limited because, as I recall, you only have the American option, the British option, and the Australian accent, right? Mm. Uh Scotland, for example, Scottish accent, I think uh, you, you wouldn't be able to find it there. But it's still, it's a useful website, Youglish, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, or something else even useful in that sense is, is like identifying, I don't know, most people will probably be covered by that, right? By American, British, or Australian, probably is, is the English most people are learning. But uh, if you're li maybe living somewhere, like you're living in Scotland and you really want to practice that accent, then... Uh, Something you could do is find a celebrity from there, for example, and try to find videos of them speaking and just really paying attention to this. Yeah, you can watch a lot of Sean Connery movies, for example. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to meet a, an English learner who's like really adopted a, a Sean Connery accent. Right, yeah. That'd be a challenge even for me. <laughs> just a quick interruption to ask you a question. Do you ever feel frustrated when you're listening to a podcast watching a TV series, or you are in a conversation in English and you do not understand what is said, wouldn't it be great if there was some way to understand real English without getting lost and without getting bored? Well, now there is. With our Real Life Native Immersion course, we will take you on a 41-week real-life adventure of the English language, each week exploring a different topic connected to our goal to help you understand and use your English in the real world. Just imagine understanding your favorite TV series without subtitles, or confidently speaking with someone and comprehending everything they say. You can do it, and we're here to help. And the best part is, you can try it for free with our three-part power learning series. Just go to reallifeglobal.com slash pod to sign up. That's P-O-D. Or simply click the link in the description of this episode. As we promised, we'll, we'll get into some examples uh, to help you to identify the, the schwa sound. Um, so I'll let you go with the first one, Thiago. Yeah, so we've listed here some words that have the schwa sound just for you guys to see uh, where it usually happens, right? So, for example, the word available, right? Available. Listening to me right now, can you hear the us available? Available. Uh, do you remember the steps? Step one, we have to identify the stress syllable, right? In this case, it's the syllable ve, right? Ave, mm -hmm. right? Available. So the a at the beginning of the word is unstressed. So I say uh, ave, ave. And then the a after l is also unstressed, l, l, right? Avela, avela. And then uh, we have the ble combination at the end, which is interesting because uh, we normally don't pronounce the final e. Yeah, but what happens here is um, we pronounce the B and the L by adding a schwa sound in between them. So I say the B, I say B, right? And then uh, notice that there is a little bit of a uh sound there already, you know? It's a B, B, uh, right? So I continue by making the L sound. B, B, right? So available. Yeah, so even at the end, there's a little bit of a schwa there, a little bit of a uh sound. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely one of the really tricky things. It's like sometimes that sound will show up even where there's no vowel, right, uh, in the, yeah. the written word. So that's a, a great tip. And yeah, that's that's 
in that example, it's like available. I definitely have heard a lot of learners probably say of available or something mm-hmm. along those lines, like wanting to say that a really fully or available. Uh, so if you say it any of these ways, people will probably understand you, but depending on what you're saying, they might not. So this is again, where it's really important that you're getting down, like you're stressing the right syllable and then mm-hmm. that you um, are putting the schwa's in where they need to be. Mm-hmm. We're not fully pronouncing some vowel that shouldn't be. So the next, the next word is jealous. And this is a really great one because there's only one E in here. So like pe- people tend to think of like probably an E as like a schwa sound in English, but there's only one E and it's part of a, what would look like a diphthong, right? And the, mm-hmm. the schwa sound is actually represented by an OU. So we have jealous. So je being mm-hmm. the, the stressed syllable, that's like an eh sound. And then mm-hmm. the OU is, an, it's not jealous or something like that. It's jealous with a, that lazy schwa or relaxed schwa, if you want to be <laughs> more politically correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Another word we have here is the word minute, right? Minute. So again, look, uh, listen, minute, minute. So I'm stressing the first syllable, right? Mit, mit, right? Minute. And then the U in between, uh, actually uh, the U in the middle, right? Excuse me. The U in the middle is the schwa. So minna, minna, right? Na, na. And then I just uh, make the T sound, minute, minute. Again, the E at the end, the E at the end is cut out, right? So you have two possibilities here. You could uh, pronounce the T, minute, or you could pronounce it as a stop T, right? You could go minute, minute, right? So both are possible. Uh, What you said before, Ethan, about Spanish, right? That you go by the written form. The same is true for Portuguese, yeah? Uh, For Brazilian Portuguese, we go by the written form. So If I go by the written form here, as a Brazilian, I would be tempted to pronounce the U as a U sound, you know, because that's what I see, you know. I would say minute, minute, you know, because in Portuguese we have minuto, right? Minuto. So I would say minute, right? But that's not the case. In English, you you make the schwa, right? So it's a minute, minute, right? Minute. Yeah. Yeah, that's a perfect example because it's a it's one of those cognate words, you know, that it's it's very similar in English and in Latin languages. And so it can be very tempting to say it, to say that U as an U instead of an A. Uh. And I, I really like this one too, because uh, I don't know if you know this word, but there's actually another word that you could pronounce this differently. You could say uh, minute, which means something really tiny. Um, so if you, if you were to say that the wrong way, then you'd actually be saying something completely different. If you were saying that I, instead of saying an e sound, minute, and you change the u to an u sound, then it sounds more like minute. So this can happen in a lot of cases where by pronouncing... Same spelling, isn't it? Yeah, and it's the same spelling, right? So... Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah, so it's it's an interesting thing that with some words, you even have to be careful because you could change the meaning if you're pronouncing it differently. Mm-hmm. True. All right, so next we have... This is another tricky one. Proportional, but... Going back to the, the first word that we looked at, construction, we have something very similar here because we have the T-I-O-N, the shun sound, which I'm sure you listeners are very familiar with. Um, and so finding there the stress syllable first would be the por, proportional. And so the, the first O, the I-O, and an A, they all become that same sound, proportional. Nice. We also have kitchen, yeah? 
so stress syllable is kit, right? The first syllable. And then chun, chun at the end. The E is the schwa here. Kitchen, kitchen. Mm-hmm. You don't want to go to the kitchen. Yeah, no, you don't want to do that. Yeah, no. actually, if you say it like that, it sounds like a, a, <laughs> it sounds like a key chain, like something that you put your keys on, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah. All right, and the next, actually, this is another one that I've heard a lot of learners mispronounce. It's computer. So we have the the pew is the stress syllable there. And the other two vowels, we have an O and an E that both become a schwa sound. So computer. Actually, that last schwa is kind of interesting because it's the R kind of like gets sucked in by the vowel and it's almost a vowel in itself. So it's, you almost have to like morph that schwa into an er, er, computer. Yeah. Now, a very interesting word here is project, right? Because, um, look, we have project, project. The stress syllable is pra, right? So the E after J is the schwa, right? Project. However, if you change the stress and you pronounce project, right, which is the verb, now the schwa changes also because now project, the stress syllable is jacked, right? As in the verb. So now the O at the beginning becomes the schwa, project. So um, it's crazy because, you know, depending on where the stress is, if you change the stress, uh, the schwa sound also moves. Yeah. Right. And you could even use another noun. And like we have the verb project and you have a projector is another noun. That's like the thing that Mm -hmm. uh, they might use in a class like or at, at an office, like give a presentation on a piece of fabric, you know, mm-hmm. on something like white. So you use a projector that has like the light with the images. Uh, so, you know, obviously the it's another example of where if you're not careful with the, the emphasis, it can change the meaning. Um, but something that's really important to note is that not all unstressed vowels are pronounced with a schwa sound. Most of them are. So there's kind of like the, if, if you're not sure, guessing, you'll usually be right. But maybe we could just give a few examples where that's not the case for people to be careful. Yeah, uh, since we're talking about languages, uh, it's not an exact science, right? So there are exceptions, yes. So I think it's fair to assume that 90% of unstressed vowels will be schwa, uh, you know, will have the schwa sound. But other words, not really. For example, the word biology, right? Uh, Biology. Uh, The stress syllable is all, right? Biology, biology. But Mm -hmm. the I at the beginning has a different sound, even though it's unstressed. I don't say b, right? Biology. I say by, I, right? And also the the y at the end has the e sound, just like leave and sheet, right? Uh, however, mm-hmm. the o in the middle, you know, after l is pronounced the schwa, l, right? So biology, biology, right? So even in those cases, even if um, you know, not all vowels will be schwa, right? Uh, at least one of them, you can guarantee that it will be, you know? So it's important right. to point that out. Can you give other examples here, Ethan? Sure. So another word we could look at is hypothesis. So see, dear listener, can you detect the schwa there? Hypothesis. So the stress sound is is the pa, hypothesis. Uh, but we have one schwa there, the th hypothesis. And we have two other sounds there. So we have the I, the high in um, the first Y at the beginning, high, and sis at the end. That's a that's like a short I sound. It's eh, eh. So it's not hypothesis or 
hypothesis. It's hypothesis. Mm-hmm. Start getting, it starts being like a tongue twister when you're saying the same <laughs> word too many times in a row. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Say it three times fast, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, the same happens with the word technology, right? So, techna, that's the stress syllable, na, right? Techna. The E at the beginning is not uh, pronounced as a schwa sound, even though it's unstressed. So, we say te, right? Tech, techna. But then the O after L becomes schwa, yeah? Techna, le, right? Le, G. Logy, so technology. And like a, a really good rule of thumb to take here too is like it can be probably you're listening, it seems overwhelming to have to learn, you know, so many in so many different words. Like where's the schwa sound? Where it's what's not emphasized? When is a vowel, an unstressed vowel pronounced with a schwa sound? When is it not? But one good rule of thumb can be to learn the roots, to learn the prefixes and the suffixes. So we saw in two of these, in biology, technology, they both have that logi suffix. So you, you can bet that when you see that in any other word, it's going to be the same, that you're going to have a schwa sound there and you're going to have an e sound there. Um, the same with, we saw a lot of words that had like the the s-i-o-n or t-i-o-n. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's always going to be like a, a sh. Uh, so try to pay attention to that. There's also like prefixes. Tech. Tech is something that we see a lot nowadays. So you know it's not going to be tuck. It's going to be tech, technology, <laughs> mm-hmm. technological. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Techie, someone who who relaxed, likes technological things. Mm-hmm. So you can you can always bet that that's probably going to have that same unstressed sound, but not a schwa sound. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, you know, this mental exercise of breaking things down and categorizing them is really helpful. Yeah, it, it's helped me a lot, you know, when I was learning. So, yeah. Yeah, you have to you have to kind of find these these patterns really. Mm-hmm. And language is just like a collection of patterns in the end. So once you can get that down, we have another one here which is television, and we actually saw two more at the beginning of the lesson. Uh, at the beginning of the podcast, we saw two more words with tele. We didn't break them down like this way, but telekinesis, telepathy, mm-hmm. that those all have that same prefix, right? So it's it's a eh and a schwa sound. Mm-hmm. So you have tele, television, telepathy, telekinesis. So by kind of like learning, again, learn the patterns and then it makes it, you're, you're, you're not just learning with like one word, you're learning for a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, and one final point here that we brought to you guys is hesitation, right? Um, sometimes in a conversation, uh, you know, we hesitate a little bit or we need some seconds, a few seconds to think about what we're going to say next. So know that the schwa sound, the uh sound is used with that purpose, uh, the purpose of uh, hesitating a little bit. So you go, I don't know. Uh, let me think. Uh, you know? Yeah. And that's a that's a, another really great little thing that you can do to start practicing the schwa sound because I know a lot of Spanish speakers, for example, instead of doing the uh, they'll do like a, mm-hmm. which is what you do in Spanish. But if you just change that little thing that when you're speaking English and you're thinking... In Portuguese too. Yeah. We go eh, you know. It'd be eh. Yeah. So that, that can be like one small thing that you can start doing in your English to practice that schwa sound. It's, it's try to change out your thinking noise that you do in your, your native language for doing an uh or an another one you can do with a schwa is like um um but that's still that's still the same schwa sound so that can be a great little hack so we've been we've given you a lot of examples today a lot of different uses of the schwa sound so i would challenge you dear listener to pay a lot of attention to it you know if you're 
go listen to like another episode of the podcast, or you're going to go watch something on TV series, or even have a conversation with someone. If you're in a conversation, maybe you don't want to pay attention too closely because you might lose the context of what they're saying, but you will notice people using this all the time. So try to pay attention to that. Try to pay attention to in different words, uh, kind of like following the process like Chiago outlined earlier of first trying to find that stress syllable um, and figuring out which of the unstressed syllables are using that schwa or which ones maybe aren't using a schwa. And I think when you start to do this, you're going to just see that your listening is going to get much better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And a final message here is just remember that in most cases, the unstressed syllable will be pronounced schwa. We'll have this uh sound in most cases. Yeah. Uh, by the way, um, we do have a lesson on this topic on our Real Life English YouTube channel. Uh, you can uh, you know, go there and check it out later uh, if you want to learn a little bit more about this. So yeah, I mean, uh, it's an awesome sound. It can dramatically improve your listening skills and also your pronunciation skills. All right. And that's a, that's a really great suggestion too, because Language can be very visual at times. A lot of you I know are very visual learners. So if you're listening, it can be kind of hard to imagine these words and, and to like identify where the schwa sound is. So go and check out the video because it'll it's it'll cover other parts of the schwa sound and it'll help to give you kind of more visual explanation to help you to understand it better. That said, thanks so much for joining us on the Real Life English Podcast and we hope to see you next week. One, two, three. Oh, yeah. Hey again, I hope you enjoyed today's lesson. Don't be a stranger. You can find all the notes like vocabulary, links, and more for this lesson on our blog at reallifeglobal.com. And connect with us and on Instagram at reallife.english for even more fun English recommendations. Do you want to continue your learning and get confident, fluent English? Then I have a couple great recommendations for you. First of all, check out our YouTube channel, Learn English with TV Series, where you can have fun learning to understand fast-speaking natives with your favorite movies, series, and more without getting lost, without missing the jokes, and without subtitles. Second, if you like our podcast, then our real-life native immersion course is perfect for you. It is the next best thing to studying abroad in an English-speaking country. Try it for free with our three-part power learning series. Just go to reallifeglobal.com pod to sign up. Finally, if you are enjoying our podcast, then please assist us in helping more people go beyond the classroom and live their English. You can do this by sending a link to this podcast to a friend or by leaving us a five-star review wherever you are listening. We might even shout you out on the podcast. Stay healthy and safe, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Aw, yeah.